everybody, this is your host Tom the Suit Forest, and welcome to the Palace Theater's Concert Conversations. As you know, we started early in 2020 and we have been doing some great interviews with some great local musicians and that's what we focus on during the concert conversations. This is brought to you, by the way, by Palace Theater and Ion Bank, our wonderful sponsor, and we're glad to have them. We do appreciate it. Today, I've got somebody pretty darn special, Uh, somebody who's been in the area but has also been on tour, has played with some major folks, a real uh, unbelievable musician, Um, very exciting, Uh, Vincent and Gala. Hey, Vincent, how are you? Tom, how are you, man? Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, I'm, I'm excited to have you here. Uh, I'm ticked off that you're so young and so good. That that annoys me, but <laughs> that always annoys me. Uh, my wife would lo- loves to show me musicians that are like four years old that are, you know, blowing my socks off. Uh, I don't know why she does that, but... Uh, so, Vincent. Well, re- re- regardless, Tom, I'll just put your mind at ease quickly. There's always going to be some younger musician that has these insane skills. So, and they get younger and younger every year. It's unbelievable, you know. <laughs> you know what? Uh, and that is true. And and I tell people because I I do a lot of master classes, and I was I've actually been in China and done them, and and they've asked me about something like that, and I say, you know, and this is honestly true. I don't feel competition only because anytime I pick up the guitar or go to sing, I ask myself, do I have a story to tell? And as long as I can say to myself, I do, and my story is different than somebody else musically, then I'm fine with it. I don't need to be a technical master. What I need to do is be able to tell my story. So I don't know if, if that's the way you feel, but... That's 100% right. You know, we all have different, uh, well, humans have different personalities in general, but as far as musically speaking, everybody has a different voice as far as uh, their musical, uh, their background and their identity, whether that be a singer, a guitar player, uh, saxophone, even drummer. Everybody has a unique sound. So there's not, just like a fingerprint, there's not, um, there's never an exact duplicate of a musician, so to speak. And I think that's the beautiful part about it. Everybody has their own identity. And so, of course, like you said, yeah, there, at that point, that eliminates the, the whole competition aspect. That that shouldn't even come into play because everybody has their own story to tell. So I like how you put that. That's beautiful. Well, thanks. And you know, uh, and you, you may do this too, but I play with a ton of musicians and uh, guitar players tend to be the worst. You know, you get up, I, I'm, a, I'm a guitar player, so you get up there on stage and the guy next to you decides, okay, I'm going to just do kitchen sink time, you know. And uh, they, you know, they're shredding, they're doing this, doing that. And, then, and I will always do the opposite. So whatever right. that guy did, I transformed that into something totally opposite because why duplicate, you know. And right. I can tell that that incredulous look sometimes, like, wait a minute, this guy's not competing. Why? Well, you know, I just don't <laughs> feel like it. But let, let's get back to you. Let's let's talk about some of what you have been doing, because um, I have a very good friend, and that's uh, Sherry Martucci. And she has told me a lot about you. And mm. uh, Sherry is um, 
uh, in the uh, from the palace, and she's a great lady, and she knows her stuff. And she said, "Man, I met this kid when he was 11 years old. Um, I guess you were doing a jam at one of her relatives' houses, and uh, she said, you know, I, I I brought him into the palace when he was was younger and uh, did a fundraiser." Uh, and then I guess you did a Christmas show, and, and Dave Coz is in there somewhere. So why don't you give us that story? Well, I've known Sherry for a long time. Her son was actually in a, a family band of ours. My uncle, father, Sherry's son. Uh, we were in like a, a fun family band uh, when we were younger. We called ourselves Generation Gap because we had the extreme uh, middle-aged guys in the group to all the way down to me. I was probably 10 years old at the time. So that's that was great. fun. That's great. So that's, that's how I knew Sherry to begin with. And um, Sherry has been a huge supporter uh, in my corner over the years. Uh, she, when she started working for the palace theater, uh, she would uh, involve me over the years in different events, uh, starting with fundraisers and after parties, so to speak. But then uh, what you're referring to, uh, the main event, so to speak. I was 16, and uh, Dave Koz, uh who's a saxophone player, um, came to the Palace Theater with his Christmas tour with a uh, an all-star cast, Peter White, Rick Braun, Brenda Russell, and David Benoit, all heavy hitters in the genre. And um, she asked me to open up. She, she recommended uh, for me to be the opening act for the Christmas show. And uh, so she is 100% responsible for that. And she... Um, you know, that night actually was uh, a monumental uh, moment in my career because I, I met Dave Koz for the first time, who is now a um, a huge collaborator of mine and friend and colleague who I work with and see regularly, as well as all the other artists. Uh, Peter White, who was on the tour that night, is is my dear friend. And I just uh, I did his Christmas tour last year and uh, I do Dave's cruises. So, you know, everything came around full circle, but it all started with that uh, that chance meeting and that wonderful night back in 2009 when I was 16. Yeah, Sherry did ask, where's the money? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm kidding. Well, that's I, what we say because we're we're Italians. That's that's our exactly, language. That's what we say. Exactly. You know? I know. I know. I'm, I Believe it or not, even though my name is forced, uh, I, am a, I was raised by uh, an Italian and uh, the the thing around our house is uh, first we eat and then we kill somebody. So yeah, well, you got to eat first. You got to eat first, man. Important. And you know, the guy who's so cooking the dinner is probably the hitman, right? Yeah. No, <laughs> well, I'm going to I'm going to gonna get reports now about being politically incorrect, but I'm I'm nah, sorry nah, about nah. that. <laughs> all in, all in good jest. Yeah, all yeah, exactly, jest. exactly. So I looked on your site and. Um, I saw that you actually have, and, and, and believe me, I, I have looked at some top musicians and they have not had what you have on there. Um, looks like you've got some gigs coming up. <laughs> well, you know, uh, technically uh, a full year of touring is, is planned uh, from last year. So in other words, everything that got postponed, we supposedly hit the copy and paste button into 2021 the only problem being um we don't know really the fate of this year yet and what's going to be salvageable yeah at this point but uh yeah i think that's the main goal at this point to to get back on the road because you know i'm sure that uh you and i share that same common goal we miss 
live interaction with audiences. We miss performing. We miss touring. And it's a part of our a part of our soul, a part of our DNA. That's what that's what we live for, to, to entertain and make people happy and get on stage and, and make music with other musicians. It's really a uh, almost a religious experience at the end of the day, you know? That's it is a to me it is it is uh, actually a religious experience. I I always tell everybody you know it's it's two hours of bullshit. Whoops, sorry about that. I'll cut that one out. Okay. <laughs> it's two hours of bull, but for that millisecond of perfection. Yeah, people don't realize what it takes for a musician to appear on that stage at eight o'clock on a Saturday night. You know, it's it's like. They think everything magically shows up. I mean, and I can't blame it. People that don't know the inside of the business, any any industry, any business, how how, how else are you supposed to know? But the 4 a.m. lobby calls and the 6 a.m. plane rides and the switching planes and getting to the hotel and rushing and delays and getting ready and sound checks and having no food and not eating and then showing up sharply dressed and having a smile on your face and and doing the show, you know, it, there's a lot behind the scenes that people don't necessarily think about. So, yeah, it's a but you know what? We will undoubtedly go through all that just for that ultimate feeling of when we do get on the stage. So it is all worth it at the end of the day. Yeah, uh, that's totally it. I, I tell everybody, you know, it's like an eight hour mess for, you know, one second of. Uh, of perfection as, as I say sometimes and I, I'm always guilty of this you know I get up on stage and of course I look out in the audience and all of a sudden I'm starting to get feedback you know oh that lady looks like she's not happy oh that that old lady looks like it's too loud I wonder if it's too loud you know right, uh, right. I wonder if my fly is down you know it's it's those crazy things that go on that are beyond the music or beside the music and you constantly like like an athlete you constantly have to say i've got to get in i've got to get into the zone and, and you do you know you get in the zone well it's funny it's funny you're saying that because i've i've experienced uh all kinds of issues related to that over the years not issues but i've you know i've experienced uh moments where you start getting in your own head you start uh, obsessing over uh, the reaction of one audience member or you you start wondering like you said is it too loud do they like this song am I not performing uh, at my peak at my best but I think over time and experience you have to come to realize that that's all in your own head you have to get out of that because that same guy that you think didn't want to be there and didn't enjoy the show and his his his, his wife dragged him along is the one that comes up to you in the lobby afterwards and raves about the show and had a, a fantastic time. Yeah. So you just never ever really know. So you gotta <laughs> you gotta turn that element off in your brain and you have to just power through it and say, look, I am who I am. I do what I do. I'm not gonna change myself night to night to based on this crowd or this audience. I I am here to be me and do what I do. Period. That's it. Yeah, and that, I have to say that that is the perfect way to do it. In fact, with what goes on up there in the total emotion and the you know laying out of your soul and the ego issues, um, that's the only way you can you can you can uh, get through. Uh, and I make it sound like it's a negative thing. It's 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 all positive. It's just that you know sure. people are people. Listen, I, I wanted to mention also, uh, and just so people know. Um, 
I want to kind of talk about the genre that mm. you would consider yourself because, you know, I, I listened to your music, some of your music, and um, I don't know if jazz quite, uh, for, for people who don't know you, if, if it quite covers it. So maybe you could kind of zero in on what you think your genre is. Yeah. Well, I can I mean, I could tell you right now, I'm, I'm not a jazz player. I'm definitely not a jazz player. The saxophone, which is my main instrument, you know, is <laughs> is always closely associated with jazz uh, most 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 of the time. And my genre is classified as smooth jazz, but mm -hmm. that's I mean that's a radio format, so yeah. to speak. Right. Uh, contemporary jazz, you could call it, but then there's also there's also traditional sounding contemporary jazz. So I I consider myself an R and B player, instrumental. R&B. The saxophone is the lead instrument uh, acting as a, uh, a singer or the main voice, so to speak. But the music that I create is more on the urban side of instrumental R&B. So instrumental, urban, a, uh, adult contemporary R&B, whatever. It has, a, it has a lot of R&B elements to it, funk, soul, old school vibes to it. The production is very old school and funky. Um, and it's on the urban side, except the saxophone is the, uh, the, 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 main, uh, voice. And, you know, I, I will introduce other instruments. Uh, it's not just strictly sax. I'll do it on the guitar. I'll do it on the keys and I'll, I'll mix it all up. Um, but yeah, that's the bottom line. I, I, so, so at the end of the day, it's kind of its own genre and it does have a, a, a strong following, so to speak. There are people that follow this genre known as smooth jazz that like this music that follow these artists regularly and i think the biggest takeaway is that the what you hear on the radio with this format doesn't necessarily represent the true musicianship of these guys because when you go see some of these guys live people are they they walk away with their mouths open in the sense that they didn't think that there was this much energy in showmanship to this genre, which they before might have associated with elevator music, quote unquote. But when you go see some of these guys live, it's a whole different ballgame. They're serious players. They're serious entertainers. And they have a cult following. And there's a very large and loyal fan base for this genre. And I'm just blessed to play uh, a small part in it, so to speak. So, well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in a second because I've got my own analysis. Uh, I'd love to share with you. I know you don't want to hear it, but here it goes. No, um, I'd love to hear it. All I'd right, love to hear it. Uh, we're gonna take a short break for our wonderful sponsor, Ion Bank, and we will be right back. Hang on. The pandemic has affected our business. We are down roughly seventy percent. I was nervous. I was scared. When the PPP loan program was announced, the first people we reached out to were our partners at Ion Bank. We were very, very pleased to be approved through Ion Bank, and they took the time and the effort to make sure that we were going to be okay. The team at Ion Bank has just done everything possible and went above and beyond, as they always do. Uh, welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Palace Theater's Concert Conversations, and today, we have a very special guest, Vincent Ngela, but for several reasons. I, I love the groove that I hear in a lot of smooth jazz. I love, you know, the bass player, man, the drummer. Yes. 
After yes. that, though, I find that it's a little self-serving in general. And don't hate me for this because I think you're different than this. But I think it's a little <laughs> self-serving, kind of like jazz. You know, I, I have played with uh, jazz players who I'm thinking, really? Is it really all about you? And, and it's kind of like the shredding guitar player. Um, you know, how many notes can you put in? And I lose... And I guess I'm just not hip enough or clever enough to figure out jazz. But sometimes I think to myself, yeah, where's the melody? And yet when I listen to your music, the very first thing that grabbed me, well, definitely the groove, but then the musicality of being a melodic player. And I didn't listen to all your stuff, so I don't know. But I'll give you an example. You have a great song, uh, Ready or Not. Uh, a couple of things in that song just really struck me. Uh, one is you held back. You, you, you don't, you, you, I think you worship the song more than you worship your technicality, which I love. And the other thing, I was so surprised by when the, I think it was a hook came around, the, the voices in that song. Um, right. I thought that was right. so appealing. So I just wanted to give you a, you know, uh, a real applause on on that song. Well, thank you. I'm in, I'm impressed by your analysis <laughs> because you you struck a chord with exactly what I uh, agree with in the sense that um, less is always more for me. Yeah. And a, a very common mistake I think a lot of players make today is overplaying. And um, it's not about you, the player. It's about the integrity of the song and. Still, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many notes you cram into it and how many chops you have. The listener wants to hear the melody and the song. So this 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 completely gets out of jazz because jazz is the complete opposite of this thought process. Jazz is how complicated and clever could I make this song and how how fast could I play it? That That's the total opposite of what I'm doing. And. The mere fact that um, you you hold back in that sense, it gives you a chance to appreciate the groove, like you said, and the drums and the bass. If, if you you got to be able to dance to it, man. You got to be able to feel it, and uh, that's that's the bottom line. You know, that's the bottom line. This these these uh, this is all on the premise of old school uh, theories, songwriting. These, this all goes back to basic songwriting 101. You know, all of our favorite records, Motown and Stax, why do we love them so much? They, they, they put effort into songwriting and melody, and these songs told a story. And that's, that's basically my approach to making music because I grew up with all that music. My father was a mobile disc jockey. I grew up with vinyl and tons of music from... 50s, 60s, doo-wop, Elvis, Beals, into underground 70s, soul, funk, R&B, horn groups. I mean, so all that got absorbed, so to speak, into my brain like a sponge, and all those things come out in my elements uh, of my music, what, through production, playing, and songwriting. It just kind of just happens naturally because that's what I'm used to listening to, and that's what I perceive as the norm of what's needed for, for songs so and songwriting 101. 
Yeah, and it's definitely proven. You know, I, I listened to something else that you did. Uh, you did something live. It's on your Facebook with uh, Rick Mom, and uh, he's a great trumpet player. And, man, oh, yes. you were just perfect with him. It wasn't, you know, I'm better than you. I'm going to show you off. No, it, it was worshiping at the temple of the song. It's got to breathe, the song. Yeah, definitely. Silence is important, man. And by the way, Rick Braun, uh, who's an incredible artist, and, uh, you know, I grew up listening to Rick Braun, and now, you know, we're, we're collaborators, and, uh, you know, that, that's uh, just amazing in itself. But Rick is another prime example of an artist who understands the concept of less is more and not overplaying. You know, see, there, there there's a certain threshold of artists within the genre that know this. So, and those aren't self-serving artists. Uh, to your point before, the, there's there's a select uh, few of of ones that really understand music and what it takes to uh, to 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 get people to like their music, and it's it's less is more, and um, and th these are all artists that naturally create music like this. We don't we don't consciously try to we don't think about these things that we're discussing. No, this is just who we are as musicians and, and how we approach how we approach music. So that's yeah, the bottom and, line. And you know what? You'll, you'll last because I got to tell you being in the minority, the, the, as you say, the few musicians, uh, I mean, think about this. If there were 10 sax players, right on stage, isn't it also for just for your own selfishness in a way, isn't it beneficial to stand out? Now, how do you stand out when you got people that are all at the top of their game? You, you, you know, you, you can't unless you just decide to tell your story as we started off the conversation. Uh, I think that's how you stand out because people at some level, even if they're not musicians, especially, no, especially if they're not musicians, get some sort of connection with what you're doing. And, and I got to tell you, Vincent, I, I'm so impressed. And uh, in your bio, it said you were an old soul. And I think I get that. And by that, I mean kind of a mature, you're a mature musician uh, way beyond your years. And uh, and I uh, personally appreciate you. So, so tell everybody well, here, thank Vincent, um, how they can reach you, get a hold of you, see your music, see your shows, you know, see you in the bathroom. I don't know. Just get, <laughs> give us uh, give us some stuff that we can hold on to. Well, I'm very accessible. Uh, first off, my website, vincentingala.com, uh, will contain everything you need to know about uh, latest news or tour dates uh, <laughs> with a big asterisk next to that because <laughs> yeah, whenever too. that's happening again. Right. But uh, And also Facebook. And Instagram, my two main social media handles, just simply under Vincent and Gala. But uh, I love to interact with everybody, and I, I'm always on there uh, responding and saying hi. And uh, so, you know, drop a line if you want to say hi. And, uh, and of course, my music is uh, readily available anywhere where music is sold or <laughs> streamed nowadays, because I think Amazon is the last place where we can sell physical product at this point. So it's all about digital and streaming so uh, yeah. spotify apple music amazon whatever your uh whatever your flavor is yeah so you got speak. what I, I forgot six albums uh, six albums yeah. yeah yeah um also just so people know because it sometimes it just they get confused it's v-i-n-c-e-n-t-i-n-g-a-l-a -E right 
Yes. Okay. Yes. Vincent, Absolutely. it has been so nice to speak with you. Um, love to have you back. Love to do something with you one of these days. Uh, yes. Musically, Tom, we I can... got to tell you, I, I enjoyed this interview because uh, it's it's different from ones I've done in the past because you came from a a totally different perspective of someone who wasn't necessarily immersed in the genre. So I, I really thought that your insight to it was really great and it, it brought about different uh it brought about a different approach for me to talk about it so it, it was very thought-provoking so i i did enjoy this a lot very uh, well, very I appreciate very awesome. it and, and believe me vincent i don't know what i'm talking about so uh <laughs> <laughs> well you're doing pretty darn good i don't know what i'm talking about either <laughs> see that's that's why we do what we do man listen i wish that's you the right. absolute best and people check him out uh, I also wanted to mention that, you know, you just don't stand there. I, I see that you got a show. There's a dynamic uh, personality there. People would really enjoy you and your music. Thanks so much, Vincent. Tom, thank you, man. Stay safe. All right, you too. Bye now. That's it for our show today on Concert Conversations. I'm your host, Tom Forst, and want to thank Ion Bank for their sponsoring of this great show. Uh, and Palace Theater, don't forget to check them out at palacetheaterct.org or anywhere on social media, Facebook, Palace Theater, Waterbury, Connecticut. Also, uh, stay tuned because we've got a lot of other guests coming up that I think you're going to be really interested. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great day and stay safe.